Welcome to the Chicago Golf Report Podcast, brought to you by ChicagoGolfReport.com, covering everything golf in Chicago. Our guest this episode is the director of golf at Mistwood Golf Club in Romeoville, Dan Phillips. Dan has a broad teaching background that has led him to study under a number of top golf teachers from around the country. And in 2000, he was nominated as the Illinois PGA Teacher of the Year, and he's also hosted his own nationally televised teaching program. You can learn more about Dan and Mistwood Golf Club at mistwoodgolf.net. That's M-I-S-T-W-O-O-D-G-O-L-F.net. Thanks for joining us today, Dan. Your path to becoming a PGA instructor is somewhat unique. Uh, how did you get started? Well, actually, um, I started pretty late in golf. I took my first lesson when I was 24 years old. Uh, fell in love with the game. Fell in love with every part of the game from um, oh, learning about the golf swing to the managing the golf course, everything that's really had to do with golf. And then I had the opportunity at 31 to, to become a golf professional and start teaching. I started my career at uh, Remington Lakes Driving Range in Bolingbrook, uh, which is now they've actually, that range um, went out of business, so the land was bought. And part of that range now, the clubhouse, the the log cabin is over at Bolingbrook Golf Club, oh, along okay. with the lights. And so there's a little history behind that. From there, I, I worked at uh, Hughes Creek Golf Club in Elburn, uh, that helped me get my PGA um, so that I could enter the PGA. I had to work at a golf club for a while. Then from there, Michael Jordan's golf range. I worked for a year there teaching, and then I've since then I've been at Mistwood for 11 years now. I helped start Mistwood. And so what was the catalyst at 31 to say, hey, this is going to be the career path for me? <clears throat> I, I just re- – uh, just fell in love with it. The golf swing just really intrigued me. Um, I wanted to learn everything about it. There was, there was so much written on it. Um, I had taken some lessons from, I thought, some very good professionals. And in the back of my mind, I always really wanted to be a teacher. I love sports. I love being outside. played a lot of sports as a, as a young man. And golf just seemed like the natural place to go. So it, now with your experience and having all this in you know, over a decade of teaching and what what is the one question that you get asked from most say high handicap golfers and then secondly what is the one question that you should be hearing from high handicap golfers The the major question that I get from golfers is that I want to be consistent Consistency is a name is the one thing that everybody asks for in golf but the problem is, is they don't con- think consistently. They'll walk onto the golf course with oh, 10, 15 swing thoughts. They're constantly changing their swing on the golf course, where if they walked on the golf course with just one swing thought and just carried that through the round of golf, the golf swing would find them instead of them searching for it throughout the, ent- the entire round of golf. And that's really where lessons come in. Um, our job as a professional, as a teaching professional, is actually to give you the most consistent, simplest swing that you can, uh, that you can do. Golfers tend to have a lot of extras in the golf swing, whether it's uh, coming out of posture or 
maybe too much rotation of the hands on the backswing or just a lot of little extras that are in there. And what we try and do is actually get rid of those extras and keep all the good things that are in there. It, sometimes it feels like we're, we're really doing a lot of changes, but actually the changes are, are taking things away that don't work and leaving the good in there. And you mentioned at the, at the outset there about um, kind of the, the confidence and the consistency in terms of the mental game. What, uh, what do you try to, to work with uh, your students on so that they're able to maintain sort of that level of confidence and consistency throughout a round? Because obviously 18 holes, there's a lot of ups and downs. Golf itself can be a very frustrating sport. Um, the thing is, is, we try and be perfect at a sport that's imperfect. Uh, for one thing, the surface that we're playing on is grass and is beautiful and is maintained as all golf courses are, especially now. The grass is inconsistent. A putting green does have bumps on it. Um, you can land in a little ball mark in a, in a fairway and you might not even know it. So you have to take that for granted. I mean, even the best players in the world are going to hit some bad shots. But I know that the best players in the world are not constantly in the middle of a round changing things. They're really trying to keep their focus on just one, maybe two things throughout the round. For a tour pro, it may be a, a feeling of timing. Uh, for the rest of us, I mean, timing would be great. But normally we need some, just maybe one mechanical thought to bring us in there. And it, that takes work. It takes a few rounds of golf going out on the golf course and just literally thinking one thing, let's say I need to, um, as a thought, I need to turn my shoulders. Well, as you're going through the round of golf, once you hit a bad shot, the first th your inclination is going, well, maybe it's my hands, maybe it's my knee, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. You really have to stay away from that and just concentrate on that one thing that you brought on the golf course, which Let's say it's turn your shoulders. So with every shot that you take, the only thought that you can have would be for every swing, I'm going to turn my shoulders. At the end of the round, the swing will normally come and find you. And if it really doesn't, if you're just having a bad day, at least you can chalk that up to maybe a swing thought that just wasn't the best for that day instead of going through a myriad of things. And by the time you're, you're done with the round, you're just – mentally drained and thinking that you tried everything today and nothing works, so I'm a really poor golfer. That, you know, that's actually a great point because uh, that you bring up about the sort of fiddling with the things that you bring to the course, and uh, I have that all the time where I'll go to the course, I'll have my swing thought or maybe a couple swing thoughts. As soon as those stop working, my confidence goes down and I'm trying everything. You know, and I have a long, long, long laundry list of things that I'll, I'll go through. But like you said, everything kind of gets um, confused. So wh what would you suggest for somebody like myself who maybe questions themselves on an idea? I mean, is it as simple as just saying, hey, this is what I'm bringing to the table today in terms of swing thoughts and sticking with it, or is there something else? Well, it, actually, it, it really is. Um, because if you think to yourself, well, listen, the, my goal is to be consistent. I mean, I want to, yes, I want to get better and I want to play well and everything else, but, but truly I want to be consistent. If you don't think consistently, you cannot be consistent 
And the problem is, is once you do change, uh, start changing a lot of swing thoughts on the golf course, you really stop playing golf and you start practicing golf. Well, that's best left for the range um, is, is your time really to practice golf. Or if you really don't care, and, and that's fine too, if you really don't care what you shoot, I mean, you can go out and try anything you want on the golf course, but at the end of the day, you really can't add up your scorecard because you haven't played golf. You've just practiced golf for 18 holes. Mm-hmm. So with your students then, do you, is that something you consciously work with them on in terms of creating a, a swing thought or creating a game that they can take in their head mentally to the course, or is that kind of all in their, their court? No, I, actually, I, I do a lot of work with that. Um, with every student, I go through, we go through some swing changes, some things, uh, again, that would make them uh, a better ball striker, more consistent. But also, I go through some mental things with them on the golf course. Um, everybody thinks that um, the mental part is really just some magical place. Um, people talk about the zone and being in the zone, and like it's like it's really mystical. Well, it's not. We're we're in the zone probably 25, 30 times a day. Um, if you're driving your car and you get there and you don't even really realize the turns that you took. Let's say you've driven that the same route for five years. Well, that's being in the zone. If you're watching a movie and you forget where you are, you're just so into the movie that you're, you don't even realize that you're in a, a movie theater at that point. That's in the zone. So it's, we're in there a lot more than we think, and it's easier to get into the, a place like that if we just stay, our mind stays focused on just one thing, we just keep trying that one thing instead of letting our mind wander. Yeah, that, that's a really interesting point, and I'm sure, you know, and, and I could attest to that, it's a, it's, a, it's a lot easier said than done. You know, I think it's almost a case of we own and I would assume, you know, I'd like to have your opinion on that. Is it something you kind of, uh, a discipline that you develop throughout your, your, your playing, being consciously aware of the fact of you know, that I, my mind's wandering, you know, I need to kind of get it back on track here? Yeah, you, you do have to catch yourself sometimes out there. And, and just like practicing a pitch shot on the range, when you're going on the golf course and you're, only taking one swing thought out there, it's not going to work your first time. Mm-hmm. Um, it may not work really well your second time. By your third or fourth time, you're, you're training yourself to do that and realizing that, you know, if I do change swing thoughts right now, it's really not going to help me. Uh, one of the things that happen when people change swing thoughts on the golf course is they start out with one. They maybe play a couple of good holes. All of a sudden, they hit some poor shots. So they switch up a swing thought, um, hit the ball great for another hole. Okay, next hole, bad again. Well, they change thoughts. So there might be my knee this time. Okay, I'm going to have something with my knee. Well, all of a sudden that doesn't work. Try something else, try something else, try something else. Well, the thing is, let's just say that the third swing thought that you tried that day would be the absolute perfect thing for you to hit the ball well that day. Mm-hmm. The thing is, once you've changed it once, all it's going to take is one slight mishit or one 
semi-poor shot, and you're going to change your thought again. So even if you do find the perfect swing thought, you're not going to stick with it. Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. That's interesting. You know, I, I noticed that when you, um, you see a higher uh, level of player, so say, for example, you're, you, know, you have a, a college event and you see these young college players out there, and, you know, that's, that's a very good point to think about well, what, what is their train of thought because they seem to have such a technically beautiful swing and they're able to kind of maintain that consistency and, and, and gosh, they're so young, you know, I'm wondering, you know, what about all these swing thoughts I have in my head? They probably don't have that. You know, it's probably much simpler for them to kind of continue, you know, what they've been doing for the last four or five years and doing so well. It's a lot of it is youth. Um, just as I was willing to jump off my uh, the top of my garage when I was maybe 20, 21 years old or something like that, or a little bit younger, um, now at 50, there's no way I'm even going to get on the garage. I mean, there's a lot of different fears. You know that. You know, by the time you get older, you know all those little things that can happen, and you have a little bit of fear when you're going out there. But in youth, I mean. You're looking at a 20-foot putt or something, and you just feel like you're going to drain it, and it, you seem to hit it without fear a little bit firmer, and it goes in a hole a little bit more. With a little more fear, you tend to be a little tentative, and, and you're going to miss the putt. So there is that youth that, um, you know, where they, they get a little, a little gutsier and, and a little, maybe a little more confidence, maybe a little cockiness, and, and that's basically what you see in your ear tour players. Um, I mean, when they're out there, they believe they're the best. They believe that no one's going to beat them. Um, Tiger portrayed that for years. That, uh, and it came out and slipped out once when he won a tournament early in his career, and he said, well, I really had my, like, C game today, my D game. You know, it, it didn't make the other players feel well that Tiger just beat them with his what he considered to be a C game. Mm-hmm. But in his mind, he can beat you with his C game, his B game, his D game. Um so it really, he knows he's going to win no matter what. So you have the um, uh, privilege, I guess, of hosting some of the top players, uh, some of the top women's players with the Phil Cozen Illinois Women's Open that comes in uh, towards the end of uh, July. Can you talk a little bit about that event and um, uh, hosting that event? And I believe Miss Woods hosted it for a number of years now and kind of what that means to uh, women's golf, Illinois women's golf, and, and Miss Wood in general. Well, Mistwood is really proud to host the event. Um, we have been blessed enough to, to have the event for going on, oh, I think it's nine or ten years now. And the women that come out are just really classy players. Um, it's just a pleasure to be around them. From a teaching standpoint and just watching them hit the golf ball, I mean, there's, there's some ladies out there with just some tremendous golf swings, and watching them play is... I mean, it's really, a, it's really a treat. Um, a lot of them are playing at such a high level. I mean, the, the tournaments, um, I mean, it's, you've got to get under par to win the tournament. And Mistwood is not considered uh, in the area as one of your easier golf courses. Um, but these girls can flat out play. Uh, our relationship with uh, Phil Cozen is you know, his was long, and a lot of, he had a lot of respect for Phil. Uh, Phil was, he started the tournament, um, knew that there was a place for ladies, and, uh, you know, they have something in Illinois, 
And with his passing, um, his family has is, is, is entrusted us with, with hosting the tournament, and we are just really, really pleased to do it. Um, we're trying to make the tournament a little bit larger every year from now on. Um, the prize money is good for the professionals and the amateurs. Um, it's a lot of prestige to win this tournament. And we've had both professionals and amateurs win it. We've had LPGA players come out here and play in it. We've had feature player, Features Tours players come out and play in it. So it's a very high level of golf. And if you come out and watch it, uh, you really will learn something. Um, you really enjoy your time out here watching the watching the tournament. You know, one of the things I tell people too, for me, uh, you know, as an amateur golfer, is, is I find that especially an event like that, watching women play, uh, for me, seems to be more um, doable. You know, in terms of the most of the time they're not over swinging. You know, it doesn't seem like they're really. Uh, superhuman, like you could see with some of the the PGA players, they have more of a, like you said, more form, more consistency, more of a stability that uh, I guess I could relate to, and almost gives me hope. You know, and seeing, wow, look at what they can accomplish with such a simple move, and and it doesn't seem like it's like I said, superhuman. And and you're, uh, I understand exactly what you're saying. I mean, uh, if you go out and watch a tour event now. I mean, some of these guys are getting so big, and their club head speed is so fast that it's really it's almost hard to pick up um, some of the things that they're doing. Uh, the ladies, on the other hand, I mean, they, they are generating some, some very good club head speed, and they're hitting it further than they ever have. But it does, it seems to be, it's usually in a smoother package and actually a lot more pleasing to the eye. If you really look at it, you can kind of see a little bit more of what's going on in the golf swing. And they do it gracefully, which, which is fun to watch. Now, the other thing about Mistwood is it's, it's very unique, you know, in terms of from an outsider's perspective, because you have your owner kind of being up front and, and people being able to see him, and then you also have different events that are very unique, and, and, and one of the really unique ones is the Crosstown Classic. Can you talk a little bit about that and kind of where it's uh, started and now where it's kind of grown into? Because uh, I know you have uh, some different videos posted online that are amazing, <laughs> the amount of effort that must go into putting an event together like that. Um. Just a little bit about the owner first. He uh, he took over the golf course about four or five years ago and has done has been um, just a really advocate of the golf course. He we've added tees, we've changed bunkers, uh, we we've redone a green, um, and we still have more work that we want to do to make this course even better. It just we're not standing on our laurels. We just keep moving along along with um, it looks like a new clubhouse project that should be starting. Oh, maybe the end of this year, beginning of next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does allow us to do some of the, well, I guess some people call them crazy things that we do as far as tournaments. But the Crosstown Classic takes, oh, probably two or three months of preparation. Along with us doing it for some years, we've been able to accumulate some of the things that we we have. But uh, it is a lot of preparation, but that's what makes it a lot of fun. Um we have a, a sunflower speed uh, seed spitting contest. We have a base throw contest. We had a uh, kind of a uh, the old uh, on the putting green. Uh, we had a putting competition that reminded me of 
the old baseball game on the wood. Uh, it was like a game that you, you like you play with marbles on wood, and you kind of oh, shoot yeah. it in uh-huh. the holes. And and we we produced one of those on our punting green, and that oh, we had a long line of guys trying to do that. Um, we shoot balls at them uh, on the third hole, and if they catch it, they get a raffle ticket. Uh, we have a hole where where we raz them. Um, we're there. We actually called up partners. So if you were playing with uh, another person, we would call that person and ask them for some kind of inside information so that when they got to where they would be putting on the green, we were yelling stuff and, and doing things that these people didn't even, like if uh, one example, a guy was a banker that we found out from his friends. So we were out there just making banking jokes, and he was, uh, they really enjoyed it. I mean, we were razzing them, and it was uh, just a lot of fun, a lot of tournaments. The food is fantastic, a lot of um, different events on the golf course. We decorate the course. This year we had, uh, for the first time, we had some skydivers come in after the national anthem. We had five skydivers come in and skydive onto the range. So... It, we, we go all out. It's I don't know if we make any money off of it, but we sure have a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, there's not too many events in the area that have goats and skydivers at the same time on the course. So Yeah, we, we don't see too many goats at a, a golf event. What's amazing, too, is when you're trying to hit a golf ball on a range and you hear a goat, um, you know, making a noises out there, you're like, I, I've never hit a golf ball next to a goat before. This is pretty interesting. <laughs> Yeah, but you know that, like I said, that's a lot of the stuff that it gives Mistwood a lot of character and is makes it, uh, you know, that in addition to the, the the big events, you know, like the Illinois Women's Open that's coming up, uh, really give it a lot of character. So, um, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. So, okay, great. Well, have a great day, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks, Wells. Take care. Bye. This has been the Chicago Golf Report podcast. Visit ChicagoGolfReport.com right now for exclusive discount offers, Chicago golf news, and in-depth event listings.